and welcome to Lane Time Chat. Shoot, I was going to verify what number this was. I think it's 18, though. Well, if every you time. ever every time. If you ever forget what number it is, just say we are, you know, we're at one number higher than the last one. Um, also, if you if you need a number, like you know how to make new teen numbers, right? You just take uh, whatever word, put it in the ordinal, and then add teen after it. So like, what's the ordinal version of your name? If Jesse is the cardinal, what's the ordinal? Like Jesse? Mm, no. Just, oh no, definitely not Jessard. Uh, no. Jesse it? <laughs> I think probably, probably uh, Jith. So Jith teen. You know, Jesse, yeah, no, Jesse. I'm, I'm not on, on board with that. Um, it would at least be Jeth and not Jith. I figured that the vowel would shorten. That would be a difference in quality, not length, really, but we can yeah. talk about that later. Well, um, I disagree. Yeah. Jethine, I mean, that's fine, but it'd probably just come out as Jethine. And, and seriously, how would you be able to tell the difference? Because it's pen, not before it's nasal. It has to be before a nasal. Come on. <laughs> Unless it's like the word get. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, anyway. But mm -hmm. no, there's a different there is a definite difference between myth and meth. Just saying. <laughs> you almost said deference. There's a deference. But the thing is, there is a difference between difference and deference. They're two different words. Exactly. But, Same with myth and meth. <laughs> but I guess not around those parts. Okay, anyway, um, mm -hmm. this is this is what happens when I spend too much time back in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's topic is actually one that was inspired, and by inspired, I mean wholly taken <laughs> from a suggestion on our Patreon Discord, because, um, and now I feel horrible, I don't remember who suggested it, and so I need to look that up before the end of the episode so we can give proper thanks to the patron. Um, unless you happen to remember who suggested that we talk about uh, what we would do with conlings in existing worlds, uh, specifically fictional worlds uh, that could probably should have conlings, but don't. And uh, the specific suggestion was one that I know we had talked about before, which was uh, Airbender, The Last Avatar. and. Do you remember who suggested that? It was Jason who recommended Airbender, The Last Avatar. Avatar, The Last Airbender. So today's podcast is obviously going to be on point as my brain is fully functioning and I am not at all tired and um, not at all saying things backwards. It's good. Well, I mean, it's all right, because really, I was going to have to explain, um, you know, for our audience, uh, what Avatar The Last Airbender was, because naturally, you have not seen it, correct? Um, so first and foremost, I'm just going to put an end to that. Of course, I've seen <laughs> it. Um, I know why you said that, but that's a different conversation altogether. Oh, is it? Um, and oh, one, is of it? My, one of my points was we should summarize the show because, you know, like maybe we shouldn't assume that everybody has seen it. So I already have my bullet point summary ready to go of the show. Look um, it up on the Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you could say it that way. You at least have to give it a, a potential pronunciation for me if that joke is going to land. Um, but I have, of course, seen Avatar The Last Airbender um, and more than once all the way through. Wow. So you were made to watch it more than once, huh? I liked it. Uh <laughs> really? Yes. Really? I like some cartoons. I don't like all of them. Really? That's not what I heard. That's not what I heard. 
then you weren't listening to the conversation. Okay, you guys, we had this conversation a few days, five, whatever, week ago, month mm -hmm. ago. I, time doesn't exist anymore. Mm -mm. But David kept asking if I had seen certain cartoons. And I was like, no, I don't really watch cartoons very much. Um, and oh, I don't. what you said. I don't. <laughs> you twisted my words. <laughs> I don't did watch I? cartoons very much. Okay, what did you hear? I heard that cartoons as a genre are for kids and you don't know like that is not kids. what I said. It's kind of first like, of all, what was it like hearing? It all, was like hearing somebody say, I don't really read books. Uh, it's like, but here's a really good book. It's like, well, if it's made into a movie, I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, you need to back up because you know that I like things that were specifically made for kids, like literature that was written for children. You know that I shop in the in the children's literature section for books that were like intended for middle schoolers and I enjoy them. And so you know that kids things aren't what it was about. There are the a lot cartoons. of cartoons. There are a lot of cartoons that make me fall asleep. And so I can't watch them if to get infested in them. And that's just how it happens. So no, there are a lot of cartoons I do not enjoy or would not seek out to watch but that doesn't mean i'm against the whole genre really well this isn't about and face. i never said i was against cartoons this really is you taking a conversation and twisting it out of context and then making it sound like i don't like cartoons i like some cartoons including we've talked about ratatouille which i would classify as a cartoon and you know i like I know. ratatouille i'm amazed that you watched it anyway anyway <laughs> okay this is this is why you can't you can't you know give opinions to david because then he'll twist them and make it sound like <laughs> you hate everything but actually just uh, a, a, a really quick clarificatory question uh you have not seen all of legend of Korra, correct no that one did okay. not get my attention i stopped um i was probably in the third or fourth episode and it just didn't grab me so okay well some lore stuff happened that might be relevant so where gaps need to be filled and i'll fill, filled in i'll fill them in well, and I didn't know how much to give away. So my summary is very bullet point just to get somebody into the overall premise of the show, just in case it, you haven't seen it and you're like, well, now I want to watch it and I don't want to ruin it for people they're real, who want to watch it. They're real bullet points, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. Uh, well, first, like actually before we get into it, bullet summary of the show. Yeah. Um, I was curious to know when you watched it for the first time or like how you were introduced to it. Oh, really? That's actually kind of an interesting story. Because um, uh, of course, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, I think, I don't know if it started airing or this is when they started producing the show, but this was in 2004, 2005, around that time. Um, and uh, so I was dimly aware of it uh, in that I would see commercials for it on, um, on usually on Cartoon Network before it had clicked over to Adult Swim, which I watched a lot. Um, and it just looked weird to me. Like there was a bald kid, but like he, and it was like, but when he spoke, he sounded American. And like, I didn't get it. I, it was like, it looked like an anime, but then it seemed like it wasn't an anime. Anyway, so I had no idea what the heck it was. Um, and that remained the case until 2010, I think, maybe 2011. It may have been that, that late. And I was over at a family party and uh, the, the husband of the third daughter of my mother's best friend from, you know, birth. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> He was asking, because like we were talking about things and we were at a, a party, he was asking if I'd seen Avatar The Last Airbender. I was like, oh, um, 
I heard of it. It's the one with the bald kid. And he was like, oh, no, but it's really good. So I immediately, my brain turned off because anytime somebody says that, I'd say, okay, you're obviously wrong. But um, but he he started to explain the setup and specifically that there were different nations, that they were associated with different elements and that there was political intrigue. And I said, okay, I am interested because there is a, there is a part of me that has uh, a keen interest in subdividing things into sets i think is probably okay. the best way of looking at it um you put I things in boxes that. yes and like <laughs> it, it's just really cool where you have like what's what's the word for it um is it ontology is that the one where it's like um you have uh divided everything into something and then everything has its little thing and like the houses sure. of hogwarts yeah. which was like the only part of the entire harry potter universe that interested me until i heard what the names of the houses were and then again my brain immediately turned off um harry potter written for kids i love it i know but thank goodness it wasn't a cartoon first by the way <laughs> by the way i now remember what part of the conversation you're taking out of context it was okay. that I don't like cartoons specifically made to target adults. That's because I feel like cartoons in their spirit should be for kids. That's what, and I don't mind watching things made for kids. I like a lot of things made for kids, oh. but it's that I don't like shows like um, uh, Family Man. Uh, isn't that the name? Family? Family Guy. Yeah. Family Guy, there we go. I don't like, obviously I don't like that. Um, Simpsons, I'm not a big fan. Um, like those kinds of shows, like I just am not into them because my brain says this should be like kid-friendly material. And when it's not, I'm like, like oh. my brain doesn't. It's like writing a book in a style that's like meant to be read by kids, but then it's totally talking about things that is not kid-friendly that you're like, wait, like the dissonance, that's what gets me. This okay, so really, that that was the this part is really of the tough. conversation. This is really tough, of course, because you're talking to somebody who's a big fan of anime and not necessarily anime for children, and then also of later stuff, like which is fine, uh, but like but Venture Brothers, Archer, oh. none of which I've seen, and we've also like you know that I don't watch anime. Like I tried, I, but I love. The fact that it's there for people who love it. <laughs> what? Like, can't you oh. respect a genre and say, like, I get it. I get why people like it. But, like, it just doesn't appeal to me specifically. Like, isn't that okay One to not can. like? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, I'm not into anime. Like, you know that. I am learning it bit by bit <laughs> it's like every time you mention something that's anime and you ask me I'm like no I haven't seen it no <laughs> like literally everything anyway you've, you've seen that little Naruto kid though haven't you I have seen more of Naruto than any other anime because um Will loved it and so I mm. and watched it many many times over um, I've seen a lot of episodes of, I, I don't think it counts as anime. Pokemon doesn't count as anime, does it? Actually, technically, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, then I've seen a lot of Pokemon as well because he went through a very big Pokemon phase and um, watched Black and White and then yep. like Pokemon Black and White. And then there was also another one, but I don't remember what it was called, but he watched that too. Yeah. Pokemon... I what? mean, there are tons of them. Like, who knows? Like, there's Pokemon Sun and Moon. Like, no, uh, I don't remember that. You know, Johto, uh, Alola. Like, uh, there's there's a, there's a ton of this stuff. Like, okay, well, then yeah. he watched two of them for sure. He may have watched yeah. more. I don't know. I just it was on in the background. Um, and I made him a Halloween costume so he could dress up as Ash Ketchum one year. I made him a, really a shirt. Yes. Um, wow. So it's like I know bits and pieces of it um and so i've seen quite a bit like as background because it was just playing all the time um so those are probably otherwise it's like i've just gone in and out on um 
like seeing him watch a lot and he prefers the subtitled versions of all of them. So like, I don't even remember, like, so it's not even like I could understand what was being said because it was all in wow. Japanese. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So I am familiar with those. I know he has watched many more. My niece mm. is super into anime as well. And I know bits about the one she's in interested in. Otherwise, like I don't, I only know titles. And I swear sometimes you make up titles and pretend they're real. Just some to make of them me don't, believe things. Some of them don't sound like real, like well put together English. Like My Hero Academia, which is a real one. Oh yes, and we'll love that. I got him a poster one year of My Hero Academia. Yes. Yeah. And it's like that just it just doesn't yeah, I mean I, those I are know all, things. Those are all English words and it's just it doesn't feel like it fits together, you know, just right. Well, anyway. and also like no hero should come from academia, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So that, sorry, I interrupted your story. You like ontology, a yes. friend of a kid of a friend of your mom's said Avatar was good. And I believed him. His 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 description was good. This was Nick Mori. I want to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, he was the reason that I gave it a shot. Um, and it was pretty much just the introduction of the show was like, okay, as long as this isn't terrible, this this is enough right here. This is enough right here. It's like I I I got it. And I was like, all right, this is probably gonna be up my alley. And so I was able to look past the and I, I hate to say this, but the really annoying voice of Aang, which I don't like. Huh. I don't. I don't like Aang's voice. Are Are you saying hmm, that one might be able to appreciate that other people didn't mind his voice or even thought it was cute, um, but you did not? So it didn't appeal to you, even though you know it could appeal to other people. Is that what you're saying? Are you trying to equate one voice in one show? Oh, I'm going to equate an everything. Entire... I'm going to equate everything. If you can find an anime that I enjoy, then we can talk. So far, I have not seen a show that has appealed to my particular taste. Mm. And so open mind. I'm willing to watch anime, but I'm just not saying mm. I'm going to it's going to be my favorite. It's okay. like, it's like when I try to introduce you to country music, sometimes you're like, I can listen to that song, but then like, you're just not about the genre and that's okay. It's uh, I mean, there are certain aspects of it and, you know, modern stuff, but I have returned to many of the things that you have introduced me to because I'm listening to them in a different way. So maybe you can introduce me to something in anime that I will return to and enjoy. Uh, maybe and if I felt you were similar. <laughs> oh. oh, goodness. We are 20 minutes in. Let's summarize the show, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> that devolved. As if you would expect anything different if you watch us normally. Okay. Um, LTC. <laughs> and this was, by the way, a show that Will introduced me to as well. Um, and so I watched it with him and multiple times. And so people, um, so within the show, like, again, this is my one, two, three, four, five bullet point introduction to the show in case you've never heard of it, but also trying hopefully not to have any spoilers because that would be unfortunate. Um, and so number one. bullet point number one is that the world is really divided into four nations. Um, and within the four nations, there are like people who have uh, specific powers over nature and can bend elements. So like there's the earth kingdom where they can obviously you know, bend earth, water tribe, air nomads and fire nation. So it's like this idea that there are these four different nations. Um, 
And so there are vendors like within each nation, not every single person can do this. It's, it's something special. Um, but every generation, there is like one avatar uh, who can bend, this is the second bullet point, by the way, who, mm -hmm. who can bend all four elements. So they are not limited to the one of the tribe where they're from. Um, and that person is responsible then for like making sure there's peace among the land. Um, and so it's like a big responsibility, especially because the, the avatars are actually like, they're born with it, which means like they are children as they're like growing up. And it's like, I can't imagine, I don't know, being 10 and being like, hey, yo, world peace on your shoulders. Um, hmm. So anyway, oh, and they also serve as sort of like a, a medium or a conduit between like um, the spiritual and the physical worlds. Cause they can like, I don't know the right word, like commune with all of the ancestors of the avatar. Like they, they have that ability and that's like super cool but also terrifying if you're a child learning about this. Um, and so the last known avatar was Aang um, who like disappeared when he was 12 and he had been gone for a century prior to the start of the show. Um, and of course, being gone for a century means all hell broke loose. We're on the fourth bullet point now. Um, the Fire Nation like waged war against essentially everybody else because um, they wanted to dominate and they, um, yeah, they wanted to kill the Avatar. Um, and then the Avatar disappeared. So I think the whole world was like, did they? Is there another Avatar? So, you know, a century of confusion as an Avatar disappeared and as the Fire Nation tried to take over. And so the show picks up, like the adventure begins. You find this out very first episode uh, when two teens from the, um, or preteens, I guess, I don't know, teens, preteens from the Southwater tribe, um, their brother and sister, Katara and Sokka, find Aang, who was the last Avatar. The last known Avatar. Who is the Avatar? Who is the Avatar? Okay. And so that is my introduction that picks you up, that gives you an idea of the world um, with no spoilers. Did I miss anything basic that you think we need to fill in the gaps? Mm, I don't think so. I think that you're good. Okay. Well, yeah. and I feel like everybody who watches the show, um, same as, you know, if you're into Harry Potter, you like, what house do you belong to? I feel like everyone who watches the show is like, what power would you have? So David, what bending power would you have? So this is this has been a discussion. I think you are privy to this discussion, mm -hmm. but um, of course, of course, I look at all of the benders and I say the the best one is the water bender. That is what I would want to be. But everybody tells me that I would be an earth bender, which is just so much dirt. However, however. I will say that one of the things that really appeals to me about both water bending and earth bending is that they each have ways of making themselves clean. So it's like, you know, water better, bender, pretty obvious. You just blast yourself with a bunch of water and then blast it away. But, um, you know, earth benders, they could actually get all the dust and grime and just remove it from themselves, kind of dry clean, if you will. Um, and so, I I find that you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it because then I could just get all the little dirt pieces off of me and that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, by the way, I'm a total airbender through and through to the point where I legit almost always have a rock on me. Um, I have a rock in my purse. Um, <laughs> are you aware that the word Are you aware that the word you just said was airbender? Oh my God, are you, I am having a day. I'm an earthbender. Are you sure I said airbender? I am an earthbender. Unfortunately, I am sure. I'm really sorry about that. God. I know. But my brain, I, my brain for, today, I swear. So sorry, this for, podcast episode is obviously going to be super interesting. For a moment though, I had a, a charming vision of airbenders and each of them carrying with Having them a little pet a rock. rock, you know. <laughs> to like 
keep them grounded. It's like a memory of the land. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, actually, like I would be terrified to be an airbender. Um, I wouldn't want to be flying through the air. Um, and I am not a big fan of um, water. So hmm. I think it's cool to look at, but I don't want to be in it. And so if dry cleaning were a possibility for humans, I would totally take that option. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, I would be, okay, let me make sure I said that clearly. Earth bender, did I say the right word? Yes, Thank you did. You. Excellent. Um, okay, so which character do you identify with most? Oh, I mean, this is this is super embarrassing, but it's like, especially looking at myself as a kid, like the one that I identified with the most was Zuko. Yeah, I know. And Zuko, um, of course, being, of course, oh, right. but if you don't know the I show, suppose we but should have explained that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and who is sort of a, a disowned prince, if you will, of the Fire Nation, um, who's trying to get back into his father who is awful man good graces um that was an interesting possessive phrase with no genitive s marker but i hope you followed it um and so that's interesting um like i think i want to identify most with toff because she's my favorite character mm -hmm. but i don't think i'm badass enough to be as cool as her and so I feel like I probably actually identify, and Toph is the airbender. Um, air, oh my God, I keep doing it. Earthbender, earthbender. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. Why can I not talk today? I just feel like we need to quit and try again like in three days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when my brain catches up from lack of sleep. Um, so I, I would want to 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 identify with Toph, who is super awesome earth bender. Um, but I probably actually more identify with like Sokka, who is the the brother of Katara, who is a water bender. And Sokka is always on the outskirts. <laughs> but always there. Um, and provides some some good humor. And I feel like that's my job in life. Wow. See, if I were to, if I were to pick one, like, and this, we might have to expand out a little bit, but I would say you would be closer to Tylee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to expand that out. <laughs> yeah. So just like if I were picking anybody from the Avatar universe, I would say probably Tylee. Um, and then, and actually, if I were expanding that out, so uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm either Zuko or May, <laughs> one of those two. But essentially, the ones that are kind of like petulant messes, except that May is like slightly more together. <laughs> oh man, um, cool. Now, if you had to pick someone to be friends with, who would it be? Oh. Oh man. Oh no. Like definitely Aang because he has fun and, but he's not like a disaster, you know, it's like Toph also has fun, but is a disaster. Um, and like Ty Lee is the same way. No, couldn't be friends with Ty Lee. Not even close. <laughs> That's what you say. I, I see I see why our friendship must be over now. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, no, I would have I would have okay, so I get Aang is a great answer, but um, in terms of the you're right, he does just have fun. Um, I think though there's something especially in terms of character arc that's very soothing about Katara's character and maybe mm. it's because she's a waterbender and I don't know maybe that's something special okay I, so now 
-hmm. I mean, Qatar is obviously, you know, the hottest one, but, um, but also it's just like, it, it was so on point for her character when she has to defend herself by saying, I have fun. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody um well obviously i bring i bring the mess to the party she brings the order so obviously i need her mm. um and we can talk later Ooh. about you finding a potentially 12 or 13 year old cartoon character hot we we can dive into that later yeah but later in the series she's also like a 90 year old woman we can dive into this later <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So the character names themselves sort of suggest that the writers and, you know, creators of the show had some vision for differences of, um, I, I don't know if you want to say they had uh, visions for differences in language of the, the four nations, or if they just had differences in aesthetics. Um, so however that breaks down, uh, you do see patterns like the Z is very prominent in Fire Nation names. Like there's um, Zuko, Azula, Ozai, Sozin. I mean, like, it's just like mm -hmm. a whole bunch. Not all of them. Like there's like, you know, Uncle Iroh, who is, I also think, one of the coolest characters. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, so wow. it's not like they That's all the have That's the one these. you want to be your friend. Dang. Oh, yeah. He is super cool and chill. Um, and um, you also like see... Like you could hear like in Katara and Sokka, you get those kind of K names um, with a lot of um, kind of consonant vowel patterns going in the water names. Um, and so it's like you, you kind of feel some differences as you hear the names. And also um, I can't remember all the place names, um, but like you kind of get that there was some differences intended. Um, yeah. But of course there is no actual, there are no, um, you know, like conlangs themselves, there are no words that I would call conlang words in the show. Um, and there aren't any sort of writing systems. And so I think it really gives it a, an open blanket um, because you see, I think you actually see Chinese symbols yeah. in the opening, don't you? Like for the elements. Um, Let me know when you're ready for my tirade. <laughs> um, sure. Um, there, it's obviously, it's very much, um, Asian influenced in terms of, of names. And like I said, you see the, the Chinese characters at the, in the opening of the show. Um, I think we're ready for David's tirade followed by the opening question of, you know, how we would handle if we were given the opportunity to create language is yeah. <laughs> go on. Okay, so uh, uh, this this show was obviously being developed in the early two thousands. So there was there was really no chance that there was ever going to be Conlang work in the show. If if there was going to be, it would have been something that the creators innovated, um, you know, completely and out of nowhere. Like the at that point, really, the only context was like, well, Klingon, but then also the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and really, you know, that was it was known that what was happening in the Lord of the Rings movies was that these languages already existed and were a part of the lore of the book. So if you were creating something new, it's no wonder that they didn't think to uh, create something brand new. Uh, instead, what they looked at was a lot of fantasy um, going back a long ways uh, plays off of um, Western European tropes. So they have knights, they have castles, they have kings and queens, all of this stuff kind of vaguely coming from an Englandy place. Um, and, you know, sometimes from Celtic and stuff like that, you know, fairies and, and whatnot. But um, it's essentially like, okay, this is a fantasy world. It's totally make-believe, but we're going to use all terminology that comes from one specific area. Uh, and so one response to that is to look at it and say, okay, this is all Western Europe, but there's a big world out there. So why don't we do the same thing and create something fantasy? -y, but we're going to take names and ideas from some other region. Um, and that is, you know, what they did here. Um, and, you know, I'd say looking through the lens of like the 1970s and 80s, I think that was very successful. Um, however, uh, it is especially from a modern perspective, it's a bit uh, 
it's a bit uh, roughshod, I guess. A bit. Uh, I, I would. I don't want to say lazy, but just a bit um, random. So um, there, I think that there are analogs. There were for the four nations. There were definitely analogs, you know, for the uh, fighting styles. Each one was based on a different fighting style. I think the Air Nomads was. Um, What's the slow one that people do in the park? Oh, um, like the Tai Chi. Thank you, Tai Chi. Um, and then, uh, so there was there was Tai Chi. Oh, or was that the Waterbenders? I don't know, but there was Tai Chi. There was Kung Fu. There was uh, the uh, the Fire Nation looked like Taekwondo, but that's because I did it, so it might have been karate. But anyway, and then so there were actual like place analogs for each of the nations. So the um, Fire Nation was like Japan, Korea. The Earth Nation was China. Uh, the Water Tribe was, you know, influenced by what's it? Um, the you know, uh, the Inuit, and then the Air Nomads were influenced by Tibet and India, um, to the point where they actually borrowed terminology directly from many of these languages. So uh, there's an episode that focuses on Aang's chakras. Uh, there's uh, the episode where they meet up with the, um, oh gosh, how am I forgetting the names? Sokka's girlfriend, who is a part of the fighting troop that wears the mm -hmm. whole thing. What are they mm -hmm. called? Shoot. Mm -hmm. How am I losing this name? Anyway, sorry. But uh, yeah. Aang has a whole fight with the Unagi, which is a name for a big, you know, water beast. It's just the word for eel in Japanese. Um, and so you see- <laughs> Or like, in France, Unagi. <laughs> <laughs> Friends reference, go on. Nice. See, something um, you know I love, it's good. Yeah, the, the writing across the board uh, is Chinese characters. Um, and is actual Chinese characters and probably does translate to actual stuff in Chinese. Um, but it's like, of course, the world is supposed to be completely unconnected to ours. And it's not as if this is some future version of our world or some past version of our world. Like you see you throughout the course of the series, especially when you get to Korra, it goes all the way back to the beginning of time. So it's like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. This is just supposed to be wholly brand new and totally unconnected to our world. But everything is just randomly grabbed well, from many different Asian cultures. I I think um, anyone who sees the shows, um, the shows, well, at least this one, and then of course yeah. Legend of Korra, which follows up in the same world. Um, anyone who sees them who is a conlanger would say this would have been even better with conlang. So I think like we all, yep. we would all agree on that point. Otherwise, like, you know this discussion would be over. Um, so I think I think we agree with you, David. So we're gonna move away from the soapbox. Um, Got it. And my first question for you um, is really how you would handle the world in terms of um, whether you would have four completely different languages um, or whether you would have a, a different number of family of languages with offshoots. Okay, the Kiyoshi Warriors, that was the name I couldn't think of. Okay, there we go, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, it would not have come to me until about like eight days from now when I remembered to Google it. Yeah, okay, so uh, it, this is uh, dipping into Legend of Korra. One of the things that she does is she goes back and reviews the memories and the experiences of the very first Avatar. And mm -hmm. so at that time, there were basically like four groups of people, right? There's just mm -hmm. four cities and that was it. That was all that existed. Um, and so that would have been a great time to do one of two things. You hear that noise? Yeah, yeah. It's a giant garbage truck backing up backing right up. outside. Okay. Yeah. All right, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, so I was trying to ignore you... it and pretend like it wasn't happening, but there you go. Yeah, so at that time, there were humans that lived in cities that were protected by these massive spirits, like one of them was a the dragon turtle, which you see in Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and, uh, and then there were the spirits who just kind of roamed free, and they lived in the same world. Uh, and so either you do one or two things, either they all shared the same language because the humans and the spirits could talk for some reason, 
Um, or you say at this point in time, there were actually four different languages and we just put that on the back burner for the sake of this episode and say that they can talk. Um, but it's like they were separated and there were no benders at that time. What would happen is that when humans would leave their city, they would go to their protector beast and request abilities. Like the first one, the one that the first avatar came from was a firebender. And so you would go to the dragon turtle and ask for this blessing of fire abilities. And then they would venture out into the world and could protect themselves since the spirits were more powerful and they would give it back when they re-entered the city. Um, because of that, I think it makes a lot of sense where you could just say, all right, humans beings were mostly just contained in these four different areas and the, uh, and the miracle of language happened four separate times. And so you could actually start at this point and say that there were four different human languages and maybe kind of brush the whole spirit thing under the rug and say, maybe they're spirits, maybe they could just communicate with people um, in their own way. Um, and then basically treat that as time zero um, there was a time before that, obviously, but just say, all right, at this point in time, there's a full language and they're using it. There's four full languages and they're using it. And then basically you could trace the history forward. And like the ways that you would do that are like by asking the questions, like, for example, all right, there's a Northern and a Southern water tribe. Mm -hmm. At which point in time did they separate? How different are their languages? How much do they communicate? You know? Same thing with the uh, air nomads and the various air nomad temples scattered across the world. And then same thing with like the earth kingdom is so big, but then it also has places that are separated from the main hub. Um, so that would be where I would start. What, what would you do? So I actually, and I didn't know the legend of core information, um, but it supports what I would... <laughs> what my initial thought was. And that's that I would actually do it as one language family. Um, because like, I think there's mm. a, there are a lot of themes in, um, that you see throughout the show um, that are really based on their differences. And so I thought it would be cool to be like, but look, they're all actually from the same, um, you know, all the languages that they speak are actually from the same source um, if you trace it back nice far idea. enough um, to, to give them a, I don't know, like, it's just like a, a cool thing, but obviously you can obscure that through a lot of very different sound changes and yep. through a lot of um, um, differences in terms of metaphor with how they view the world. And therefore like, you know, their phrasing is gonna differ, um, words for things are gonna be so different plus sound changes plus, you know, so it's like, it would be very obscured. I wouldn't want it to be super obvious, but like I would want it to be something that super fans of the show could have traced it and been like, oh my God, these come from the same source, much in the same way that like people go wild on Twitter when they find out that this English word is actually connected to this other word that they shouldn't be connected, but because we borrowed it from two different languages at two different times, um, it totally looks different and it's used differently and everything. And so like, I would want that nugget there for the super fans of the show. Yeah, no, and actually, you know what, that does make better sense. So it's like, we talk about, or I talked about this, you know, what you see in this episode of Legend of Korra, but it makes more sense um, if like, even at this point where the humans are separated into these different cities, they eventually came from the same place. And there was just some reason that they decided to move to different parts of the world. And so you could actually start there. And instead of that being time zero, that would be time, I don't know, N plus a thousand or something. Right, right. And then so you could actually start there. Cause yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Of course. That would be that would be so much more fun. Because then even at that time, time n plus a thousand, you could already be setting up these four different languages um, derived from the same source. Um, and you could already make them different enough at that stage. And then right. moving forward, it would just be it would just explode. Uh, and it goes without saying that there would be at least, at least four different writing systems. Oh yeah, I would. And so yeah, definitely at least four different writing systems. Um, but in terms of what you had mentioned, like I would want the North and South. What I would want to have done was make them different languages for the North and South uh, water tribes. However, in the show, 
they visit the other water tribe and they can communicate. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. they have to have the same. And so I guess it would just have to be like strong dialectal differences. Um, but like that kind of what I would have wanted to have done as if if I were involved with the making of the show. <laughs> Um, I would have wanted there to had to have been like a um, an interpreter who followed them around who just happens to be able to speak both languages because um, they are separated to the point where like they don't even the way that they they work with their bending powers is different and so it's like I don't know it just didn't make sense to me that they would live so far apart but then again i mean they legit all the characters are traveling around the world going to all these different nations different cities and i don't think it, it ever at any point is there any mention of what did they say like right like there's nope. no any sort of language mention at all um yeah. and so um you know that's unfortunate like the airbender you could get around to be like or not the airbender rather, but uh, specifically Aang, who is the avatar, you could probably get around that to be like, I don't know, maybe as the avatar, you're blessed with something, or he had teachers as a young child who was like teaching him all the, all the languages. Um, but like, it just doesn't make sense to me that they would be able to travel uh, to such diverse places, especially when the places, uh, many of them in the show, you if you watch it or if you have watched it are so isolated and it's like yes. if you have an isolated community you're going to have linguistic differences and that just to me that was an unfortunate well that could go back to your tirade it was an unfortunate oversight in terms of um just little things that could have been added to the show to make it feel more complete yeah. world building wise <laughs> and by the way i did think of a language thing it's kind of a language culture thing but also mm -hmm. one of the one of the most obvious questions and perhaps the first one that occurs to any linguist is you have a 12 year old who's been gone for a hundred years right mm -hmm. <laughs> and suddenly he just appears and they're all talking and understand each other with no problem i mean <laughs> well and not only that but you need to add to that layer that two people from the South Water Tribe discover mm -hmm. the 12-year-old from the Air Nomads who has been gone for a century yeah. and who has never, as far as I know, had never met anyone from the Water Tribes before that point in his life. Um, yep. I may be wrong about that, but I think he was really just raised with the Air Nomads and hadn't experienced people from other nations Well, he, he before had. he was 12. Had he? Okay. He had, but I know, but like, I think that your point remains. I don't remember if he actually met anybody from the Southern Water Tribe. Okay. Um, but like, you know, he had, remember, he has the friend who's still alive in the Earth Kingdom. Um, mm. and, it's, and that's right. Um, and he's also spent time in the Fire Nation, which we know, because this is one of the points where, and you know, I've had this discussion myself with many different showrunners who are like, you know, who are very much of the opinion language shows up when it's interesting to the plot and then it yeah. goes away when it's not and so there is an instance where language is specifically addressed and it's in the third season when they make it to the fire nation and you know it's just as a joke like uh ang says like oh i remember all these terms and you used to say these things and so i'm sure i'm still going to be able to use them and everybody will know what they mean and they right. don't so that's why he goes around and he's saying flamio hotman um, that's right and, yes yes but it's like but that's it that's like the only things everything else about his speech and behavior is just fine <laughs> right right um that's the only thing that's changed in 100 years though david um i yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know why you would think language would change that much in 100 years because i'm pretty sure i could call up somebody from you know 1921 and say exactly what i'm saying now without any any problems I'm sure you could not. <laughs> wow. So nineties. <laughs> oh, and of course, I mean the 1890s, cause I could, you know, that, that was yeah. around in 1921. <laughs> uh, and even they knew it was passe by then. Uh, 
Okay, so, um, you know, from there, like, this opens up, and this is, I think, much harder to ask, because at, at that, at this point, it would be like, well, what aesthetics do you have for the language, or, or what sort of goals or feelings or prevailing ideas would you have for the languages? Um, and this one's really hard to address, especially in an open-ended podcast kind of mm -hmm. style, especially when we're talking about at least four languages. Because um, even if they're related at the core, you could still have, again, through very different sound changes, um, very different aesthetically sounding um, languages at the out at the you know for the outcomes um, and so it makes it really hard so like let's narrow it down and talk about one and see if we have some of the same feelings so you get okay. to pick what what potential language do we want to focus on uh, do you want to do the easiest or the hardest what do you feel would be the easiest? In order from easiest to hardest, it would be um, Earth Nation, Fire Nation, Water Nation, Air Nation. Mm, interesting. I would have ranked, I'm on board with Earth being the easiest to tackle, and I don't know why. Um, and that's so weird to me that I think that it's so interesting to me that we both have this idea that, oh yeah, the language for the earth kingdom would for some reason be easier than the other three. However, <laughs> um, I would not have gone to fire next. Mm. Um, and I don't know why. I don't have a good sense for what I would do with air. And so for that reason, that may be ranked as one of the harder ones just because I don't have a feel for it. I feel like water would be second for me. Well, I, I will say this, that it, there's two different approaches that you could do. One is saying that like, you're actually at the beginning of, at the, the, the inception of the show and you have the ear of the creators and you can do whatever they want. I'm sorry, you can do whatever you want, right? right. Or you can follow what they have set up, which is basically, Earth Kingdom, Chinese, Fire Nation, Japanese, Water Tribe, Inuktitut, uh, Southern Air Temples, um, Hindi slash Tibetan. Right. Um, so it's like, and then, you know, so if you're going with what the creators want, like in terms of like thinking as a conlinger, it's like, all right, they want me to create fantasy Chinese, fantasy Japanese and so on. Um, that's, that's my order of ease in terms of familiarity and being able to reliably produce that aesthetic. Um, okay. so th that's the way I, I go with it. But on the other hand, like if you really had it to do your own way, then that would, that could be something that's very different and very interesting. Like if, if, if they didn't say, you know, say very strongly, it's like, we want this to sound like this language, you know, which I'm sure is what they would do. I, you know, and that's interesting. Um, I think it is a very natural human thing to say, I'm creating something, but I want it to have this feel. And um, I mean, I, I think we do that with most things we create, which is, you know, we don't create things in a vacuum and, you know, you know, there's, People are like, there is no new literature because it's all just recycling of old things. Um, and so there is there is definitely some truth to that. And so I definitely get that. I think what's difficult as a language creator working with people who say, um, you know, oh, I want it to sound like this, is that there are times when it's one thing to say, oh, I really like the sounds of this language. And so I really want the sound of it to sort of appeal to that same aesthetic versus saying, I want to kind of culturally appropriate yeah. mm -hmm. the language and ideas and people. And, um, and so like, there is a fine line between saying, I, you know, cause I, I know a lot of conlingers and I do this too, where it's like, 
oh my God, I love the sound of that. So how can I capture the sound in my own language that sort of um, grabs your ear in the same way? Um, but then once you start working on the language, it's like, well, that's really all I did was, you know, take phonological similarities and make them something new. Um, and that's totally different from, I think, what kind of gets to the heart of this issue. <laughs> Am I right in saying that? <laughs> like being nice? Yeah. Is that a good, nice way of? <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, look, if we're, whenever we're, we're presenting any type of issue, obviously you're going to do it the nice way. <laughs> so just, <laughs> you, you trust your instincts. I don't know. You made it sound like I was really mean earlier in the podcast and really, really judgy when that was not at all my intention. It was just having an opinion about what appeals to me personally. And well, so, um, look, like, I just wanted to make not sure judging, I was nice. You. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently I am. Um, yeah. And whereas I'm over here being judgy judges and that's all I do. That's, that's my only thing. It's my only ability. I just judge things. <laughs> Which is why when we, because I think we're up to 61 patrons now, when we start doing live conlang reviews, um, yeah, it's going to be, be fascinating. That's um, going to be something. <laughs> yes, this, this could be um, very interesting. So if you haven't figured out our, our differences yet, you will at some point in the potentially nearish future. That'd be nice um, for them because I mean I think most people think of us as basically the same person. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just really, really copies of each other. Mm -hmm. Two minds. Um, Wait, one mind, two bodies. That's it. Um, okay, so let's talk Earth. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, we really only have like five minutes left in terms of an hour-long podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we got derailed several times over. Um, but like, okay, so Earth Kingdom, you got words like, you, you know, Bossing Se is, of course, the big city. Uh, the Daily, which, how did they not notice that you have a character named Tai Lee from the Fire Nation and then this group of, you know, SS agents that are called the Daily? Um, let's see, what are, uh, so Toph, of course, Earth Kingdom. And what Beifong, her, yeah, Lin I was going to say her name too is something. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so like this is, you see basically what they're doing um, somewhat, somewhat clumsily because it's like mm -hmm. you, you see like, okay, here are a whole bunch of monosyllables that could have come directly from Chinese. And then you have Toph, the only example of a monosyllable that's ending in anything other than a nasal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, eh, whatever. I guess that's a part of the language now. And so, um, gosh, it's like, do you want to incorporate all this? But it's like, that's clearly what they're going for. And it's like, all right, if you want to go for this, first of all, I would say, let's just, let's just not do tone because you're going to do it wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, you know, it would be easy to follow that kind of monosyllabic route, you know? Right. Bigger syllables, no consonant clusters, valley things, build them together. Little sure. Lego bricks. <laughs> exactly. Lake Laogai. Um, Lake Laogai is another one. And then there's the, how has nobody commented on this? There's like this character named uh, Julie, where it just looks like Julie, but then it's right. Julie. Uh, oh my goodness. You know, uh, Raya the Last Dragon, the operating name for Raya, whom they eventually, you know, whom I got to rename, but it was Janine, which was flipping around the syllables for ninja. That's a decision. Uh, yes, it was. Um, so yeah, really the, for this one, it was the names that really, um, block you in sure you're absolutely right in terms of um there's obviously certain sounds um associated with whatever would be an earth kingdom language and 
yeah, I, I too, um, if I did do anything tonal, it would be simple, like um, as simple as you can make a tonal system. I don't think any of them are simple, but like in terms of pronunciation being just, you know, there's only a high-low difference. Um, sure. There's only like, so, cause I think I would want to play around with tones if I did want to honor the aesthetic of, um, of I, I don't know whether they were trying to um, go, a lot of it sounds kind of Mandarin-ish in certain ways, but then in other ways totally doesn't. Mm. Um, but like, I think that would be cool to try to play with tones, but again, I would make it uh, the smallest tonal differences possible, which is why high-low would be really the only way to go. Um, because you're right, like that, that is tricky. Um, but you, you know, there are, there are con lanes on current TV shows with a tonal system and you know, it works. I think it works for them because there are really good language creators that are involved with that show and they've made it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They also that's that's bring, what it comes down to. They also bring with them a certain gravitas, a certain reputation that sure. makes the cast know like we need to get this right. Because, because we're super serious. Oh, they're super serious. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but actually I did think of how you could get uh, just a high-low distinction. Cause I was thinking like, you know, in terms of tonogenesis, right? Usually it's coming from, you know, loss of codas or simplification of the initial sounds. And I was like, but you've got, you've got stuff that's, st that's beginning with voiced and voiceless consonants. And then of course there mm -hmm. are plenty of codas. What could you do? And I realized um, uh, breathiness, breathiness. Ooh, nice. So you could lose, it could be a loss of a distinction between both, you know, voiceless and voiced aspiration. Mm -hmm. um, and and just the loss of breath, breathiness could be associated with low tone and everything else gets high tone. And so, you know, you could just, even in the modern language, even if you were starting at the modern language and going backwards, uh, you could just divide up the tones more or less evenly. And then mm -hmm. just say like, okay, um, Anytime there was a, a low tone here, it was a breathy voice thing. And you could even do that with, um, it didn't have to just be stops. Um, mm -hmm. You could do the same exact thing with nasals. So, you know, like none versus none. And then right. um, same thing with other, other approximants. Um, and you could actually do it with fricatives. So like, you know, san versus han. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, you are building it up more for your proto language obviously but it's like if you were going to go the route looking at the southern air temples if you're going to go to the route where it's like we want to do something that's uh, closer to you know the uh the indian subcontinent of languages um then it's like okay well then you've got your breathy voice consonants there um right and, and so they wouldn't have to change and then it's just a matter of accounting for them in the fire nation and the water tribes so um and that and it's like and it's always easy to get rid of those things you know right they don't have to leave a trace when they when they go mm -hmm. they just may right right yeah that's so, a yeah. very cool idea yeah. um so no like we could totally yeah you're right we could totally do high low tone um that's not something i would have that's not, not something that on my own i would have tried to do or even tried to even think about but that's a very clever idea. Teamwork makes the dream work. Cheers. Exactly. Um, all right. So I know we didn't really, I, sorry, Jason, if we didn't like make it thoroughly through all of the ideas, but honestly, there are so many routes that we could be discussing that it, um, at some point just makes it hard unless we're going to sit down and actually just try to create. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have time for that. Um, and by time for that, I mean, an hour long podcast goes by rather quickly and you've seen how long it takes us to do things in the live stream. <laughs> so eight years later, we would still be building one language <laughs> from the universe an hour, a month at a time. Um, all right. So, but hopefully that gives you an idea of like some of the things we would think through um, if, you know, at, 
approaching the the task of trying to conling within a a set fictional world um, and some of the the issues you would come up against, um, especially with again those existing names, existing ideas, existing terms um, that are there. So hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. It's something. Um, we did some we we talked and like listen today the way my brain is working like i feel like being able to say somewhat coherent sentences is i swear sometimes the hotter yeah, and more humid it gets the more i mm. yeah people were talking on the stream yesterday like oh can jesse do clicks you just did I, one. Oh yeah i can totally do that one. Oh that yeah that was not a problem i mean You've got a you got a long history with horses. Long history slash I have taken horse riding lessons. That's same. Uh, more than most people have done. More than most people true. have done. That's true. Um, but anyway, yeah. So hope you enjoyed, and uh, can't wait to see you all soon in a live stream. And um, can't wait to figure out what we're doing for next month's podcast. Keep the suggestions coming. Yes, definitely. We like it. And until next time. Oh, I shouldn't wave. This is, you're going to hear it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Stay grammar.